Today is Tuesday, January 16th, 2018. And on this episode of Creative Church Podcast, we talk with consultant, coach, and community builder, Emily Cummings. This week's episode is sponsored by StockHub. StockHub is the most affordable way for you to create video content. For $25 a month, you get unlimited license-free 5K, 4K, and HD stock Did video. Did you say 5K? I said 5K. For $25 a month? For $25 a month, you get 5K. That is mind-blowing. That's 5Ks. That's, that's one more K than 4K. That's, that's a lot more Ks than 1K. It's multiple Ks. It's multiple Ks, and that's, I mean, come on. Yeah. What is a K? Ross, you're a video person. What's a K? A K generally denotes a thousand. A thousand, yeah. so a thousand pixels, That's right? Multiple thousands of multiple thousands of res- lines of res- resolution. Oh, not pixels, lines of resolution. So that's just really for 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 common people. That's just really high HD video. Very ultra Very. HD, some might say. Ultra HD, awesome. Well, from aerials to mission videos to Christmas Easter, StockUp has everything you need, and they're adding one thousand plus new clips each month. Stop hundreds of dollars per clip and get all the four K ProRes files you need for only twenty five dollars a month. StockUp is the source for unlimited stock video for only twenty five dollars a month. Download an unlimited amount of files, no contract, and no licenses. If you want to give StockUp a try right now, they're offering full access to their entire library for free for the first 14 days all you have to do is go to stockhub.com slash creative church that's s-t-o-k-h-u-b dot com slash c-r-t-v church at stockhub without a without a c well Remember, you, you got rid c. of vowels they got rid of consonants yeah that's why it's a match made in heaven I, there you go it's a partnership made it's in a heaven great with great pairing beautiful uh you're listening to the creative church podcast where each week we talk about the latest in christian creative culture and explore the lives of prominent creatives i'm your host nick gunner and i'm ross montgomery ross how you feeling this week doing pretty good um you doing doing better yeah had a had a recent procedure and so recovering from that and uh feeling good but um yeah it's it allowed a lot of time for me to do some some reading some catching up on some shows been watching the grand tour on amazon um one of my i would have to say arguably one of the current like you know, series that's that's on uh, streaming, broadcast, whatever. That's one of the best edited shows, in my opinion. Just just has a lot of good editing, a lot of great um, cinematography with it, and and just the things they do with it. Um, for those of you who don't know what the Grand Tour is, it's the guys from Top Ke- Top Gear UK. When they lost that show, um, they revamped and came on to. Amazon and and um, yeah, I think they're I think they uh, are doing a really good job with with how they do it, and it's always fun to watch them, um, you know, burn tires off of Lamborghinis. So, <laughs> I have to I add that to my watch list now. Whenever you say surgery, just so our listeners know, oh, it was procedure, a simple procedure. Procedure. It just procedure. Simple procedure. It was nothing major. Yeah, yeah. It was nothing outpatient. major. It literally yeah. took twenty minutes. Perfect. Um, yeah. So for I just. You know, yeah. I don't want to be inundated with emails all week. Don't want to get into an awkward conversation of what it was, but by yeah. by the vagueness of it, you can probably guess. And and Hopefully. all is good. Hopefully, so. good. All is good. Perfect. Yeah, I just didn't want to be inundated with emails on your wellness, on oh, your well-being yes, this week. I, you know, well, obviously, I'm, okay? I'm here recording. They can yeah. hear my voice. Well, it, no matter what kind of surgery you had, you'd always be here recording. That's right? true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, Even that's... if it's from the hospital bed, bring my microphone to me. <laughs> Um, that's awesome. Um, one of the things I've been doing this week is I've uh, been catching up on a sh- little show, a little known show is a uh, Black Mirror. Oh, you, you might have heard you, of it. Yeah, might have heard of it. Okay. Um, season four came out last, well, the week before last, and yeah. is that right? Week uh, a last? couple weeks ago, at least. A couple weeks ago, yeah, a couple weeks ago. So I, I've I had Lid watch first. My wife watched first, and then she told me which ones to watch because I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> She's your screener. <laughs> She's my screener. When it comes to Black Mirror, I, I kind of get depressed whenever I watch it, and it just puts me in a mood that I don't like to be in. Oh, it's. I mean, it's not this it's, lighthearted it's, thing. I mean, if you yeah, want to lighthearted, just rewatch The Office. But right, which you know, I thought about just doing that anyway. Or the Grand but, Tour. Um, there you go. Or the Grand you Tour. Can yeah, palate clones with that. But um, I will say, watching the Black Mirror show, my favorite episode was that USS Callister. Right. It was. Oh my gosh, I could watch that you know all day every day it was that was crazy i i i knowing that this is all you know a fictional universe these are great actors for now man, my 
My for now, for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. A little bit of it does hit pretty close to home, but um, no. During that episode, like I literally felt my heart racing at certain mm-hmm. points, and I'm like, I know this is fake. <laughs> like, come on! <laughs> but they told the story really well, and just the like really interesting um, themes that they play with on it really, really get you into it. And um, you know, there's some really cool Easter eggs in that episode too. I think that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and the same goes for another one in season four, which is Black Museum. Yeah. Which, um, if you if you're a fan of the show, I think you'll like Black Museum a lot because there's a ton of Easter eggs and little little hints, little side trips, and little kind of sub conversations. Well, or, they don't. You know, I don't think they really try to screen. hide it. But yeah, yeah. it's definitely um, very meta. So I don't. I mean, if we're in the business of recommending things, the Grand Tour and uh, definitely Black Mirror, go check it out. We do have an amazing episode planned for you today, though. We do. This is our this is our tenth episode, Woo-hoo! and uh, I thought we should bring on my friend, my good friend, our good friend, friend of the podcast, friend of Creative Church, Emily Cummings is going to join us today. Yes, and she was at Creative Huddles here in Orlando, and I mean, brilliant, brilliant uh, talk that she led. And oh, man. Uh, we're I wasn't super able to excited. hear that talk, but doing this interview with her, man, I am a fan of everything she is doing. Yes, she is so, doing some incredible, yes, incredible stuff. So I'm excited for us. I'm excited to get this interview out to people. Um, but up next is trending. Welcome to Trending. Each week, Ross and I gather one article from last week's headlines that's important to us and that we feel is impacting culture, church, or creators, and we discuss it. Ross, what do you got for us this week? Well, Nick, I got a question for you. Um, As you've gone about your professional life, um, what are some interesting and unique job titles you have heard? Um, There's been several. I mean, it's... Seems to be getting worse and worse every time. <laughs> worse and worse. Okay. <laughs> or, well, worse give, worse. Me, give me um, give me a real life example of a job title that you've come across. One of the one of the, one job title I came across back when we were looking around creative puddles for speakers, and uh, I don't. This one's not really ridiculous or anything. It's not really bad, but it is an interesting job title at least. And it was online minister and director of digital innovation. That's it's, it. Seems a little wordy. I, I mean, I it definitely is. think I could kind of parse out what that means but yeah that's that seems like i would need a little more explanation mm-hmm. i mean you've probably heard some like I, I had a friend that had a job title i think it was either like marketing guru or marketing rock star um you know so they kind of throw in these abstract titles instead of like marketing manager marketing director it's kind it's of like, the spice it up a little bit yeah yeah like, you know, a little flair it, you know instead of instead of director of acquisitions it's growth ninja you know that mm, kind of stuff yeah well there was a, a recent um article i was reading in one of my newsletters that i get talking about how um especially in the tech world and i think even in the church world uh there's a trend of kind of having these abstract job titles and so you're trying to find these best candidates, but when they're coming across these job titles, they're not exactly sure what's going on with it. In fact, um, the jobs platform Indeed uh, put out a report on weird or unusual job titles, and the five most frequently used terms were rockstar, guru, ninja, genius, and wizard. Oh, and, wow. um, you know, it's it's fun to kind of have fun with that. Uh, I think it can be more of an internal thing, but it's like, Man, if you're trying to find someone, are they really going to know? Like, is is do my talents and my skills line up with that job? So, mm-hmm. you know, they advise, um, and just you know, for full disclosure, the hustle is the the newsletter I was I was reading, and they had some advice within their their article about this, and they're just saying it's not going to make up, you know, a poor listing if you jazz it up with an abstract word, but on a practical level. Um, you know, just get real literal with it. So that way you do get the well-qualified candidates, just kind of keep job titles concise, um, you know, kind of UX designer instead of aesthetic wizard and as specific as possible. Like, like that digital innovation, I could, like I said, pretty much parse out, but like events and sponsorships coordinator and not a kick butt marketer. 
of course I edited for the podcast, but you know, um, those kind of things. So I yeah. think, you know, it's one of those things that, that can also plague the church world. Um, and I'm not trying to complain, but one of my previous job titles was visual storyteller. And, mm-hmm. and that did mean a lot of different things. And, and I definitely wore a lot of different hats. And so I think if you're going to do something like that, you need to be specific, but err on the side of being literal, I guess, or being simple, even though it may sound boring, you, you want to be clear in your communication. What do you think? I, I think the same thing. I think that's something that plagues creatives a lot, because I think sometimes we don't want to have just director of acquisitions. We want to have something spicy that, you know, it sounds is, too quote, stuffy unquote, if creative. we say manager yeah. or director, but right. We want to have something that's cool and creative. But, uh, then, but, but think, then you go and tell someone what you do. You're like, oh, I'm an aesthetic wizard. It's like, but what do you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you do? Yeah, and then you got to explain it anyway. I think it really um, kind of it lends itself to people being able to just put anything on you whenever you have a vague, obscure job title. Yeah, visual storyteller. Oh, that's I don't a have great a specific point. role at the place. I'm just a visual visual storyteller, which could mean a lot of you different. You get pulled things. into a lot of different things or a lot of different ways. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. And it can overload people and it can overload, you know, leaders can overload their workers uh, if they have some weird vague job title. That, yeah. If they have a, you know, a vague project, they need, they're going to go to the person yeah. with the vague job title. You know, well, right. I mean, to be fair, though, like if, if I'm looking at a job online and let's say I'm very deep into the tech side, the online stuff, and I did see that online minister, director of digital innovation, that actually mm-hmm. might pique my interest more than if you just said um, digital ninja you know or or minister of digital aesthetics you know like those would confuse me but this would actually probably pique my interest a little bit but yeah i think there's definitely a danger um even having that title internally that yeah that's a really good point man i didn't even go down that road but yeah you you want to get specific with your job titles because eventually they describe your job roles yes and no that's very true don't the broader it is the broader you're yeah. gonna get stuff on your on your inbox so and yeah if you're the visual storyteller and I'm sending you Facebook post you know something's backwards yeah uh, yeah we gotta limit that limit yeah. that well what do you got Pick Nick? one what I got uh well Facebook uh, is going to end the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> people are going crazy. Uh, no, uh, Facebook algorithms changed, <gasps> and oh, oh yeah, dun, dun, dun. not again. <laughs> N- not like every other day. Um, <laughs> I do want to preface this, preference this by saying this is not the end of the world, and it's not really that bad of a thing, but it is trending. So I, I did bring it. Um, and second, these changes were announced last year. And some have already been made. However, they've been resurfacing because plans are becoming finalized. Um, So here we go. Last Thursday, Marky Mark Z, that's Mark Zuckerberg, for those of you that aren't aware on pop culture references, um, (laughs) posted a very long Facebook post that would make Twitter fans super angry. I'm not going to read all of it, but I did want to pull this little tidbit. And it says, uh, we started making changes in this direction last year. And we'll tell you the changes here in a minute. But it will take months for this new focus to make its way through all of our products. The first changes you'll see will be in the news feed, where you can expect to see more from your friends, family, and groups. Mm. Ross, looking all listening to All original Facebook. <laughs> all, yeah, all original Facebook. Listening to that. Friends, family, and groups. What is excu- excluded from that list? Sounds like uh, pages pages exactly mm-hmm. yeah this announcement is very huge because it does mean a bad it doesn't mean it can mean bad news for publishers who rely on facebook pages for traffic or businesses who use it as a form of organic marketing facebook is very clearly telling these pa- facebook page users their content will no longer be spread that far in typical newsfeed settings uh and many publishers spend lots of time and resources creating this stuff so um that's why it's kind of a big deal um, that means that most likely, uh, reading some articles online, that Facebook pages will be forced to spend more ad dollars to have their content seen. And while that might sound like a bad thing, it's been happening slowly. So I think so. I think this will continue to happen gradually, where the subtle nuances and changes won't be noticed. However, while this is bad news for most people, I think this is great and wonderful news for our churches and businesses who want to build a strong community base. Why do you say that, Nick? Well... Facebook is putting a larger emphasis on groups, and Facebook groups are a brilliant way 
to build online com- online community among your followers and fellow church members and customers. Um, as you know, we have a, a little group called Creative Talks, and um, it's it's the I would say it's the center of everything we do. Yeah. So Creative Talks is like it's our target. We want people to come into our Creative Talks group. Well, and and I think it even you know the writing was on the wall when you started seeing. Um, pages being able to integrate groups or create groups under the page, you know. So I, th- I think there's definitely something to be said for. Well, <laughs> we saw this coming, but yeah, hopefully the groups thing is is something that's a little bigger. Although my pushback would be, I like the pages and products that I want to see stuff from on Facebook. So you know, like I can simply go unlike that page, or if something is sponsored and I don't want to see it, I can say, show me less of this. So I feel like. If you know how to use Facebook to kind of play the algorithm a little bit, like, oh, I want to, you know, make sure I get notifications on this, but I don't want to see that. Like, I don't really feel like that's an issue, but hey, Facebook is going to Facebook. So, um, you know, I, I just think there's things that, you know, maybe maybe when some people first signed up for Facebook or got on a kick and just started liking all this stuff, and then all of a sudden they're like, all I see is from these pages. That could be a problem, but I think if you kind of edit what pages are going on, it would be a non-issue, but I don't know. I, I think the problem kind of lies in smaller organizations, smaller businesses, smaller churches that have Facebook pages. Yeah. Because they're not going to be... Um, You're talking about like acquisition of like new likes. Right. Yeah. They, they can't really build that Facebook page like they used to. Okay. Organically without spending money. Um, however, for those that are, you know, running thousands plus, I, I don't think that you'll see much of a problem. Um, and it all goes back to really good Facebook strategy, yeah. good content strategy. Yep. Um, if you're publishing stuff that people want to see, people are going to like it. People are going to put it in their feeds. Um, I've seen that Facebook is going to start cracking down on more clickbait-ish type postings. So you have to be real strategic and careful about are you are you being a little too clickbaity, a little too sensational with, with how you're doing it? If, even if it doesn't seem like it, it's like, oh, are you hot chocolate or... Um, you know, uh, apple cider in winter, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, I think we're going to have to be a little more careful and, and direct with kind of how we do stuff. Yeah. The comment with a gif or, you know, that might go away or be less easy to come across. So, yeah. Cause right now those things are just widely popular. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, and people you post love that on, on your there. page. And if I could communicate in only gifts, I would be happy. So yeah. oh, that's what too. I'm saying. Me too. But, um, I did want to, I want to, I want to put a plug out there for Facebook groups. If your church is not already using Facebook group, if your businesses are not already using Facebook groups, then I highly recommend that you start using a Facebook group to kind of funnel people to and kind of build community amongst your following. Um, And for those that are already doing it, good job. Great job. And uh, I want to say that I have a few post suggestions for those that are already doing it to kind of build community a little tighter. Ross, you ready for this? I'm ready. Number one, book of the month. That sounds really familiar. It does. <laughs> thank you. Um, it does sound really familiar. This is something that we started doing in the Creative Talks group, uh, and it'll start next month. And essentially the way it works is like a book club where you post a book that you all want to read. And uh, actually, in order to decide what book we were all going to read, I actually posted a poll and then let users decide which one they wanted to read first. Uh, so you post the book you want to read, and then you post a reading schedule. And then last but not least, you, you open discussion, discussion threads on a scheduled day in order for people to discuss their chapters that they read. So it kind of works like a typical book club. But I thought that was a that was a good way for us to kind of build community. Uh, the second way, I think, is self-promotion threads. Uh, for a lot of groups, they don't want them to become ad boards. You know, you don't yeah. become message boards for everyone to post what job or what Lulu, LaRose, or whatever they're called. <laughs> I mean, especially those of us in church know, oh, hey, can you announce this from the front? Yes. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or we don't want our group to be just become self-promotion. No, but you can definitely channel it the right. right way. And we channel it through one self-promotion thread each month. So each month we post a new self-promote thread. And that gives users the chance and community members the chance to come on and self-promote what they're doing. And we have a lot of people in our group, you know, because of the nature of our uh, community members that have side hustles or they have full-time hustles. And so it gives them a chance to kind of advertise their business to other community members and uh get the word out on their products and services so it's, it's kind of yeah. cool 
Last yeah. but not least, we've already talked about this one, but this is one we of my did. favorite ways to build community. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite ways to cause any discussion whatsoever, and that is use a gift to dot, dot, dot. And that's just, you know, describe I, your day. I think that gets more traction in groups than it does on pages. Yes, it does. For sure. And I, well, and I, I liked one of the recent ones that you did. Um, I believe this was in Creative Talks group was the, uh, um, what's a lesser band name? Oh, yes. So you have yes. a regular band name and then you did a lesser band name. And that was a lot of fun. That was a huge hit. Huge hit. And that you actually, you had posted it on your Facebook and I had shared it. <laughs> Via us. Oh, I, I just thought it was hilarious. It was so. awesome. It was a great day. It was a great day to be live. So there you go. There, <laughs> there you have it. So Facebook pages are out. Groups are in. No one's going to die. Ross is getting a rig- ridiculous job title. So there we have it. There mm. we have it. There we go. There you go. Awesome. Well, next up is our interview with Emily Cummins. Emily is a University of Florida and College of Central Florida graduate who serves as the executive director at Church of Hope in Ocala, Florida, and is a consultant and coach on the Foresight group team. When she's not speaking or writing, you can find her crushing it in her convertible blaring T-Swift's latest album. She also founded and leads a community and resource for women, Becoming Me, encouraging, empowering, and equipping women as they're becoming who God made them to be. Here's our conversation with Emily Cummins. So a lot of people might not know that you are the force behind becomingme.tv, or if they do, um, they may not know your backstory. Can you give us a little bit of um, your story? What brought you to wanting to tell these stories through becomingme.tv? Yeah, absolutely. So what you see now in becomingme.tv literally started as a little high school girl's blog. Um, As a junior in high school, I was passionate about writing. And at the time, Focus on the Family had this national contest called the Brio Girl for this teenage girl magazine. Yeah. And so I entered the contest as a junior and I actually made it to the final four. So in this contest, I start a blog because I was thinking, hey, like if I'm going to write a monthly column for a magazine, I should start writing and getting my thoughts out there and goodness, looking back at those early posts, I've grown a lot in my writing, that's for sure. Um, But that's how the blog started. So all through the rest of my two high school years, through that Brio Girl journey, I wrote and blogged and really just wrote through the filter of whatever I was learning or experiencing in life. So fast forward to the middle of college, I was at the University of Florida, and I had always struggled with perfection my entire life. Um, Whether as a little girl, it was having the exact right ballet routine, or in high school on the swim team, like being the best or getting the right grades. And in college, this kind of came to a head where I just would find myself so frustrated with aiming, aiming for perfection, but never really reaching it. So I was reading a book uh, by Shauna Nequist called Bittersweet, and literally chapter 25 in the book, it talks about becoming who you were made to be and that you're always in process. And when I read that chapter, it felt like a breath of fresh air for me. Like I, I looked at that word and it leapt off the page and I knew that was my word. And it felt like God was just breathing into me, Emily, like I never made you to be perfect. So why are you pursuing that? I made you to always be in process, to always be becoming who I made you to be. So I took that word and I actually tattooed it on my wrist and it kind of became my personal battle cry. So I would just say, you know what? I'm becoming Emily. I'm becoming. And it was just, it was a really personal thing for me. Well, it also became the just framework for everything I wrote about. So everything on my blog became about becoming, becoming who I was, becoming and growing and and things of that nature. So I kept writing. I graduate from college. I moved from Florida to Las Vegas. And while I was in Vegas, I went to this writer's boot camp with Margaret Feinberg. And she really made you start thinking about getting intentional with your writing. 
Like if you are passionate about writing, you have a platform, like what are you doing with it? So as I sat there and I thought through how that one simple word becoming had impacted me so deeply that I tattooed it on my wrist, that that's all I wrote about. I thought like, what would happen if I got intentional with this idea and I didn't just randomly blog about becoming me, but I, you know, planned some series around it or planned what I was going to write. And then what would happen if I invited other women to share how they too were becoming who God made them to be? Because I knew deep down, like, I can write all day long about how Emily's becoming, but there's only a certain point that people are going to keep caring. Like, after a little while, I'm like, Emily, that's great, but, you know, okay. So I knew there was value in sharing how other women are embracing becoming who they were made to be. So I got back to my apartment in Vegas after this boot camp. I literally, I didn't have a plan with this, but I called my friend Amy and I said, hey, will you come to my apartment? We'll set up a video camera. We'll film your, we'll call it a becoming story and we'll put it on my blog and we'll just see what happens. And she was a trooper. She she said, yeah, I'll come over and do that. And I asked her three simple questions like, who are you? What's your story? And if you were sitting across from another woman on her own becoming journey, what would you say to encourage her? We filmed it. We put it on my blog and it took off like wildfire. Uh, More of my friends wanted to share their stories. Um, Women I had never met would email in or comment on the blog or DM me on Instagram and they would want to share their stories. And so we just started filming and we would film story after story. Uh, Women would share blurbs of their stories on Becoming's Instagram page. And we just, I think intentional would be the word around that season. And that was just in 2014. So in the last few years, since Amy's first story, um, we've filmed and shared online 170 Becoming stories, which is crazy. Um, And talking about everything. And the, the crazy part in my mind is many of these women, I've never had coffee with face to face, but we'll have coffee online. And virtually, I'll ask them those same three questions that I asked Amy, and they'll talk about some of the most difficult, hard things they've walked through, but how through those difficult things, they can see that they're becoming who they were made to be. And that's, I mean, the journey has just far surpassed my dreams from this word that has impacted me and now watching other women embrace it. It's pretty cool. So as this took off and like you said, spread like wildfire, you had all these women reaching out to you. Do you feel like it was a catalyst that just gave women permission to share these vulnerable stories and and that they were just ready to share or um, how do you feel As a woman, obviously, I'm not coming from that perspective. What in it um, really set women into this path of sharing these stories, do you think? Yeah, I think it's a lot of what you just said. It became this this catalyst for and a place for them to share. And what I've heard over and over was that it became a safe space and a space where they could come and share their story was one aspect. But then the second big aspect was simply that they were asked. So a lot of women who approached me, just a simple question of, hey, what is your story? And me hearing it and then, you know, sharing it on becomingme.tv. Many women aren't asked what their story is and and people don't know what they've walked through. And and for guys, too. Most of the time we walk through our day to day with coworkers or people we see in our neighborhood and we don't ask like, hey, what have you walked through? What's your story? Who are you? Um, we ask the questions like, what do you do? Uh, what's your job? What's your profession? But often we don't take the time to get to know people for who they are. And so there was a lot of freedom in just asking that question, like, who are you? Um, what's your story? How are you becoming who God made you to be? Um, so asking brought a lot of freedom. And then the other thing I've heard over and over is, women didn't believe that they had a story. You know, it's easy to watch um, online like our favorite speakers or read books by our favorite authors. And we think, well, they have a story. They know how they're becoming who God made them to be. And so seeing a woman um, in a camera, like on her computer screen, that's not 
doesn't have pretty lights and it's not illuminating her face or it's not professionally done, seeing her share the hard stuff and how she was able to make it through on the other side in one piece, um, that's encouraged a lot of women to really rise up and share their story too, because they don't have to have arrived and they don't have to be a speaker or an author. You can be an everyday ordinary person and have a story. And um, they just didn't see a lot of that before. And so I, I just think there's lots of pieces to it. I don't know what some of the secret sauce is. I think I'm still, you know, trying to figure that out. But ultimately, at the end of the day, um, just entrusting this really special community of people that God has just brought to me is really, really cool. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have to take some kind of huge life tragedy to have a story. And and I think your archive of, of stories proves that. But um, I'm wondering how or what your process is as you're coming across these stories, talking to these ladies and, and ultimately putting it out there for for content consumption. Um these these can be very sensitive and vulnerable. How do you take women through that process and how do you treat their story um, in that whole process? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and if somebody hasn't watched A Becoming Story yet, uh, we cover every topic you can imagine from abortion to um, rape to addiction, um, you name it. We, we've talked about it. And one, two stories in particular um, really embody and answer your question. So one gal reached out and she shared that in her early 20s, she had had an abortion. She's now married and has had her first child with her husband. And at the time, only her husband knew. Her parents, her family, no one else knew that she had had an abortion and it just had wrecked her. She was walking in redemption as she was talking with me and she knew she was covered in God's grace and, and all that, but it wrecked her that she was never able to talk with her family or things like that. So as she wanted to share her becoming story, I just looked her in the eyes and, you know, I said, before we can film this, you need to talk to the people in your life. Um, they can't find out about your story or things that you haven't shared with them online. Um, they need to hear that from you face-to-face -face first. And that's happened a couple times. Um, women have wanted to share and, and we've had to walk through um, maybe parts of their journey that they're not ready to talk about and they're not experiencing healing in yet. And so we've paused. Like I am a, I am dedicated to not sharing parts of a story too early or in a time when it's not best for that person to share either for themselves or other people in their circle. So this woman left our conversation. She went, she faced her fears of feeling rejected from her family for a decision she had made in her past. And she was met with love that she was not expecting. Um, they were totally supportive of her and then just honored. She shared that part of her story with them. So after she shared with them, she came back to me and we filmed her story. Um, but being able to be a part of that process with her um, was really humbling um, to walk through. You know, you need to talk to appropriate people in your life before you broadcast something um, online to people. And then another story, um, a lady shared a really hard part of her journey and um, experiencing some sexual abuse. And as we walked through each part of her story, you know, I before I begin every story, I ask like, hey, only share what you're comfortable sharing. If there's something that you don't want to share, that's totally okay. And um, every single time I've said that, each woman looks back at me and says, you know what, Emily, if I can help one woman walk through what I walked through, then it's worth it. And if I can be that person I wish I had when I was walking through it, then it's worth it. So we, I mean, when I get online to film, um, we spend about 15 to 20 minutes just talking, having coffee, um, and we'll, we'll talk through any hard, difficult uh, parts of the journey. And I'll always ask, do you want to share this? Are you ready to share it? Um, and if they are, then we move forward. And if, if anybody's hesitant, even slightly, um, then I usually slow down the process because to me, it's not about how many stories can we publish at becomingme.tv. It's about 
how can we really help empower and encourage women as they're becoming who they were made to be? Um, and if that means pausing on sharing somebody's story, it means we pause because she's still walking through something. Um, so that's some of the process with being really vulnerable. It's hard and it's a dance, but I think as every over these 170 stories, as each of those 170 women have chose vulnerability and chose to answer the hard questions, it's invited the next woman to do the same thing. Um, and so that's that's really what it's been about. I mean, that, that can weigh on, on someone mentally and emotionally, not just maybe the woman telling these stories, but but you or, you know, others that are telling these stories. How do you um, remain positive and keep hope throughout yeah. that? Does that make sense? Is oh, that, is that that, I, I don't sense. feel like I'm asking the question correctly, but if no, you kind of get what I'm talking about. I totally get it. Um, it's you know crazy that you mentioned that because honestly, many times when I get off of a becoming story, I'll just sit there and just cry. So I'm like, God, like, how is this woman entrusting me with her story and then entrusting me to share it with literally thousands of women globally? Um, becoming these readers aren't just in the U.S. anymore. And so it's just that is humbling and crazy. Um, it's kind of heavy to deal with sometimes. But that's what I like about that third question. And this is what looking back over the last three years of these stories and becoming me, um, I see God in it. Because when I asked Amy in that first Becoming story, those three questions, <laughs> I had no idea what I was even asking her. I didn't have a strategic plan with it at all. Um, and so I know it was God's fingerprints in, you know, you ask someone, who, who are you? What makes you who you are? Then that second question, what's your story? This is where we dive into those vulnerable places. But then that third question, and this answers the hope part that you asked, if you were sitting across from another woman on her own becoming journey, you're just encouraging her, what would you say? And that third question is that hope infused section of this story, because every single woman takes from her story, the hard, difficult, crazy, vulnerable pieces, and she applies a piece of encouragement. So she'll say, you know, hey, don't quit or don't do this or always share your story, whatever it is that has struck her so intimately, whatever it was that got her through the hard places. It's then what she shares. And so not only is she sharing her story, but in her own words, she's encouraging another woman to not give up no matter what she's going through. And so when you leave those stories, you know, the person, they might feel a little, um, they might feel pain, the pain of what they walked through, but they, over the pain, feel the hope and the redemption of not giving up and that they have now equipped another woman to do the same. And so you leave so encouraged um, and just seeing the resilience of people that stuff in our stories does not define us. Um, it, it catapults us into who we are. And it can make you or break you, but you have to choose. And when you choose to let it be that positive catalyst, I mean, you're unstoppable. I really appreciate that um, you're diving into the female perspective, which I think is much needed um, in conversations uh, anymore. And, you know, as, as coming from the guy perspective, um, I think about kind of the different ways this can impact or open my eyes to, to the women in my life. Um, what are some things that you think that men might be able to garner from what you're doing? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that you even ask that because a lot of guys have been over the years saying, well, can we become too? I'm becoming I'm like, well, yes. We're all becoming, you know, who God made us to be. And um, I know it. there's a couple answers to that question. So I know guys can share their story too. Um, they're becoming, and they can also encourage, you know, so it's men and women. Um, how God's wired Emily, me, I'm just passionate about pouring into women. So that's why uh, Becoming Me has taken that female-driven um, focus. Um, but over the past couple of years, we've been able to bring in a guy's perspective in a couple of different scenarios. 
Um, so in Feb- this past February, we did a whole series on relationships. And rather than our writers taking a stab at the series, um, I asked several couples, a couple single guys, single gals, and they did their own video posts answering different questions um, from singleness to marriage to pornography, all of the above. Um, and then this past fall, we did a whole series from a guy's perspective. So they were then able to speak into women who are reading and watching Becoming Me, um, sharing from their take, you know, whatever the question was that they were answering at the time. Um, So it's been fun to loop guys into the conversation because we need each other. It's not just females around the world and guys do their thing or whatever the case may be. Um, We're better together and we're all becoming who God made us to be. So it's been fun to just kind of bring both parts together and and each side see each other's perspective and story. Right now you're kind of doing a, a Christmas series. Um, what What's kind of your theme and goal behind that right now? Yeah. So right now we're in a series called Home and it's discovering home wherever you are. So many times in whatever season you're in, home might look really different whether you live on the opposite side of the country from your family and you're flying in for the holidays, or maybe you're newly married and Christmas looks really different and you're in your own home, um, or maybe there's been a divorce or somebody's not sitting at the table this year that was there last year. Um, so many different aspects change in home. And I mean, I, I, I know guys watch Hallmark movies too, but girls... <laughs> Love Hallmark movies. And at Christmas time, um, this theme of going home for the holidays or being home and everything turns out magical. And I mean, that's not always reality. Um, Often uh, home can feel extremely painful or the holidays can be a really difficult season to walk through. Um, So this series just unpacks how you can discover home wherever you are, whether that's in an apartment or whether it's home with your family or you're making new memories um, and kind of walking through some practical things. Like one post um, we did recently was how to lean into your church family to be your family and what that looks like. And the church, it that's what we're designed to be, to be a family around people. Um, and another post um, is to not get lost in the hustle and bustle and just some practical things to stay rooted and grounded in what Christmas is all about. So it's, it's just that overall theme of you can be at home wherever you are. It's a mindset and a choice. And I think th- what I just shared there is one of the overarching themes for becoming um, it's a choice. And you can and like, like I shared with you a couple minutes ago. Things in your story can make or they can break you, and it's up to you to decide which one it's going to be. So a summer ago, summer ago, yeah, about a summer ago, I was personally about to spiral into a depression. I was in between jobs. I didn't know what I wanted to do next. I wasn't. I had launched a business at the time, a consulting business, and I wasn't loving it. I was realizing quickly I was not designed to be an entrepreneur at heart, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And my dad looked at me, and without hesitating, he said, Emily, you know who you want to be. You just have to choose to be her. And it was in that moment that the light bulb clicked. Um, life isn't all about fuzzy, warm, like happy-go-lucky moments. There's lots of good stuff to celebrate, but everything boils down to a choice to choose to be who you were made to be. And that's what Becoming is all about. So every series that we do, just like this home series this December, it's about choosing, choosing to find home wherever you are, choosing to forgive people who've hurt you, choosing to share the vulnerable parts of your story when it's hard, choosing, choosing, choosing. So, I mean, uh, the more that you dig into the blog and, and our stories, you won't find a lot of fluff on becomingme.tv. Um, we, I just, I'm, I'm not about it. I love fluffy things and, and happy-go-lucky stuff, but I know that's not what sets us up to win. So we dive into the really hard things and challenge women. Like, you got to choose. I mean, you're involved in a lot of things. You're a communications director. You're a consultant and coach. And you're doing the Becoming Me blog vlog stuff on the side. How do you find, I mean, you're intentional with all of those things. How do you find time to be intentional about refreshing and replenishing yourself? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Every Saturday, Saturday is usually my day where I do not schedule anything. Once in a while, there are things that I can't control happening. Um, But I really work hard to keep one day very unscheduled. Um, Because pretty much every other day between, you know, my role at Church of Hope, working with the Foresight Group and becoming me, I mean, it's just scheduled all the time. And so having one unfiltered, unscheduled day to just wake up, to do whatever I feel like doing that day is wonderful. Um, So reading books, doing things with friends, um, just sleeping in and watching country music videos, whatever the case is, that usually fills me back up. Um, But the other thing that I think I have come to really embrace is yes, while my plate may be really full, I've fought to keep it only full with the things that bring me life. So my role at Church of Hope, it's who I was designed to be. Like I love working and doing that. My role with Jenny Catron and the Foresight Group, like how Jenny has invested in me. I mean, I would do anything to help her. And so it just gives me so much life and energy to be able to partner up with her. And then becoming me, as I shared with you earlier, it's so personal. Um, it it just bleeds out of me. I can't help but do it. And so while it might feel like a busy day filming story after story or editing blog posts or whatever the case may be, at the end of the day, when I pillow my head at night, I'm so full of gratitude and life because I know that I'm choosing to be who God made me to be. I'm in the lanes he made specifically for Emily. Um, and I, there's nothing else that I would rather be doing. So I mean, what I do fills me so much. And I, I hope that doesn't sound cliche, but it's just, it's it's really true. Well, is there anything else that you would um, like to share that, that you feel, um, you know, has helped you out in, in your Becoming Story and just everything you're involved with? Uh, maybe what looking forward, what's something that you're looking forward to uh, with everything you're involved in? Absolutely. Well, I think two parts uh, to that question. So one thing that has been pivotal to my journey um, has been my tribe, like the few people in my corner. Um, So for me, you know, I mentioned one earlier, Jenny Katrin, um, genuinely without her pouring into me, um, I can say I wouldn't be who I am. Um, Right around the time I started the blog, actually, um, I emailed Jenny and I didn't had never met her at the time. Um, at that moment, she was an executive director in Nashville. And I, as a high school student, felt like, man, I want to do her job when I grow up. And so I just asked her in an email some questions and um, asked her if I could even see her job description. And she emailed me back. Um, she emailed me a copy of her JD. She answered every question and opened the door um, to continue to send her questions. So she, how she answered a simple junior in high school's email and then continued to connect back with me, a girl she had never met. Um, so then when we were both living on the West Coast, like having dinner with me, like a complete stranger, um, but she chose to invest in me. And, and so I know, you know, without having somebody who's ahead of you pouring into you, um, you might miss some incredibly huge things that God has for you. So who I am, the opportunities that I've taken on becoming me.tv, we, we wouldn't be what we are without Jenny's influence. And then the other three people in my corner um, would be my mom and my dad and my sister. And for me, I've been so blessed with a family who cheers me on and asks me the hard questions. And for some people, that's not their family. And that's totally okay. But having that really small handful of people who ask you the tough stuff, who cheer you on, who remind you to rest like you just asked, who help you pursue your dreams. Um, tribe is a big deal. Um, and so I'm excited to continue to A, do life with my tribe, then B, just continue to take each step that God puts in front of me. Uh, often people ask, what's your plan with becoming me? Or what are you going to do next? Or all of these things. And that's a great question. And, and I am a dreamer and a planner. However, with becoming me, um, I'm being intentional to not try to force it. Um, I, I 
I had no idea what I was doing when I filmed Amy's story a couple years ago um, and started getting intentional with the blog. And so everything that I see happening with Becoming is only because God's letting it happen. And so I don't want to overstep that. I'm going to be, I'm going to steward what he's put in my hands well. Um, and I'm going to make wise choices with it and do my best with it. But I'm also not going to try and make it the biggest thing ever. Um, Cause it's going to be, I want it to be whatever God wants becoming me to be. Um, and if at the end of the day, it's helping one woman, man, I'm, I'm so happy with that. Um, so for me, that just looks like continuing to do the blog well, to have constant content that's going to help empower women. Um, so we planned out the next 12 series for all of 2018, and they're going to be really fun. I'm so excited about them. Our writers are pumped. Um, we're planning a becoming event for next fall located in the central Florida area. Um, you know, lining up different speaking engagements that I'm able to go to next year um, and some cool partnerships that we're going to do with Becoming in 2018 with some other organizations. So those would be a couple things that I'm, I'm excited about looking at 2018. Um, and I think one of the overarching themes with Becoming, which Creative Church is the first to hear. So that's kind of cool. Um, but one of the one of the things we're going to dive into next year is the concept of peace. Um, for a long time, I thought the word peace was uh, kind of a weak word. I would just associate it with like peace, love, and harmony, and you know, just I, I thought of it as a fluffy kind of thing for a long time. And this fall, um, right before Hurricane Irma hit Florida. I was reading again about the armor of God. And one big thing that we say at Becoming Me.tv a lot is lace up your warrior boots and like you're a warrior. And so we have, we use a lot of strong words and strong imagery. And when I read in the Bible that the shoes part of your armor, it's associated with peace. So it's your feet are fitted in the gospel of peace. Instantly, my mind started to look at that word a little differently. And so I've been digging into what peace means, um, what it means biblically, how we can adopt peace. And so in 2018, one of our big themes um, will be how to have peace internally when everything around you just feels crazy. So stuff happens to us, stuff in the world happens we can't control, people say things, people do things. Um, but I can control me and I can always have peace internally. Um, and being a warrior, really fighting to be who God made you to be is actually rooted in peace. So it's the strongest thing that you can fight to do. So a lot of what we're doing in 2018 is through that lens. I don't want to give too much away, um, but it's going to be a good year. I'm really excited. To find out more about Emily Cummins and to join the Becoming Me community, visit the podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. Welcome to Reply All, where each week we pose a question and give you the chance to answer in our Creative Talks group on Facebook. Last week we asked, what is on your reading list this year? Here are a few of our favorites in no particular order or reading. Well, I apologize if I butcher this first name, but uh, Tanis, Tanis, I'm so sorry, but Mosher, um, How to Lead When You Aren't in Charge by Clay Scroggins. That's actually on my reading list. So, so good, good call there. I really want to, want to get into that one. I think, I think Clay might make it a future appearance on the podcast. What? Maybe. I don't know. I'm... I, I think we're going to have some really cool things lined up in 2018 with yeah. guests, but that's totally an aside to what we're talking about. That's, yeah. Side side note, side note. Just, yes. a, just a teaser. That's what that is. Teaser. Uh, Brandon Swansong Swain, my good friend Brandon, uh, he listed a whole, he had a whole list of books, but I only pulled three because I was like, I can't read all of them. I think he even Instagrammed like a book stack. He did. So he's he like did. on it. He is on top of it. He already bought his yeah. books. You know me, I haven't even bought my books yet. Um, yeah. I only have a few that that I that I own. So Brandon's on it. Uh, the first one is the Hidden Option by Jonathan Mom, which is hmm. I, I, that is the book that we're reading in our Creative Talks group in February. Book of the month. Book of the month. So if you're in our Creative Talks group or you want to join, get in there and uh, get the Hidden Option by Jonathan Mom. And uh, that's a that's a shameless plug there for Jonathan. No relation to IKEA 
furniture, by the way. So I just he has to say that every time he introduces himself. Every single time. Yeah, it's actually in this contract. What else was on Brandon's list? Uh, All Marketers Tell Stories by Seth Godin. Have Ooh, you read that? Godin. Godin. I have not, but it, it, that's also on my list. Godin is a good read. My list is very long and would probably take this entire podcast. I, uh, to, I mean, to I read some of these and I was adding some to my list because I was like, yeah, these are great I've been books doing that a lot lately. Yeah. yeah. Um, Creature of the Word by Matt Chandler. Have you read anything mm. by Matt Chandler? I, I have heard more things than I have read from Matt Chandler. He's he, If he's as good a writer as he is a speaker, which I'm assuming he is because he writes his sermons, mm-hmm. um, then it would definitely be worth checking out. Yeah, I, I, I would read something by Matt Chandler. I haven't got the chance, though, yet. It's not on my reading list. It's not on my radar. So I, I got to so, add that. Yeah, for sure. I will, too. Um, Alex Acevedo, I, I, again, apologize if I mispronounced that, um, said... How to Lead When You're Not in Charge. Oh, again. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Another one. Yeah. Um, movies Are Prayers, How Films Voice Our Deepest Longings by Josh Larson. That sounds, Ooh, that sounds interesting. That sounds really I always, good. I always love some philosophical stuff. So I might, I, might, I might add that one to my reading list like immediately. Well, this next one I saw, I, I glanced and it was probably on his post, and um, I'm probably going to add it to mine. Difficult Conversations, How to Discuss What Matters Most by Douglas Stone. Mm, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah, too. and this one is also on my list, <laughs> is um, The Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey of Self-Discovery, or To Self-Discovery by Ian Morgan Crone and Susan Stable. Uh, Stable? Stable? I, Stable? I, we're, we're, I'm terrible we're at reading so names, sorry, dude. Susan. I'm really we bad. so sorry. Suzanne. Suzanne. Yeah, see, we didn't even get yeah. your first name right. We're so no, sorry. That's, I, yeah. But oh, no, um, yeah, we'll definitely, you can go and check out how to spell these names properly <laughs> and the people who said them yeah. on the Creative Talks group. Right, because we are, you know, this is a podcast full of people. We're just human. We're just human. Uh, my last one, the last one I got on the list is uh, Dylan Wycliffe. And I'm sorry if I mispronounced Dylan's last name because um, I don't know if I said That's that. That's how right I would either. have said it too. Perfect. So. Okay. Um, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. And Dylan also had a list, a giant list as well, like a giant picture list. But mm-hmm. I pulled that one because I was like, ooh, that one sounds good. Um, yeah, I've heard of that one. I haven't read anything by Simon Sinek but, uh, or Sinek, whatever it is. Um, but I. By Nick? I don't know. Sinek? I don't know. I mean, we talked about ridiculous job titles. Let's just talk about ridiculous names. <laughs> ridiculous right names, like, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. We're sorry. We're sorry, y'all. Y'all have ridiculous names. Um, <laughs> yeah, why can't you have easy to pronounce names like Nick and Ross? Uh, but I've I've seen a lot of Simon Sinek 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 books come out on the market, and I don't know. I, I might add a few to my reading list this year because people keep recommending them to me. And since we did uh, books this uh, past week as our our question, we figured we'd have to move on to the visual medium and do movies. So this week's reply all is what movie are you looking forward to seeing in 2018? Nick, what is on your list? Oh, I mean, there are (laughs) so many great movies coming out. Um, and to narrow it down, is going to be really hard. Uh, I do know black Panthers on there. Oh yeah. I already bought my tickets. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. It looks phenomenal. I'll be honest with you. Marvel kind of lost me after Civil War. Um, I was kind of okay. like, I'm not really excited about Marvel That's, movies that, that much. I have a friend that has mentioned the same thing, yeah. Yeah, and it's not that I, I don't like the Marvel movies that are coming out. I'm just not excited for them. You know, it's like, I got to go watch this. Seeing the Black Panther trailers, I am pumped. Like, Star Wars-level excitement for these. Um, it, because this movie looks phenomenal. It really does. Um, another one that's on my list is the Han Solo film, the spinoff film. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. However, I'm not sure it's going to be any good. And we kind of talked about this on the Star Wars episode of the Pop Culturist podcast. So you guys can listen to that on the Pop Culturist podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so those are those are two of my two of my big ones. Um, I can't really think of any that are just any others. I know there there are probably thousands that I'm missing. Um, I'll add a whole list whenever we get this up on Creative Talks. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I kind of I kind of have a long list coming out too because um, I've been looking forward to you know the things that that'll be coming up. But uh, Black Panther definitely mm-hmm. is going to be the next one coming up. Uh, the new Tomb Raider. Oh, I'm excited yeah. to see how they do that one. That's yeah. going to be coming out in March. Um, man, uh, Ready Player One. Oh. I, that's on my book list, so I want to read it before I see it. Um, so that way I'm not reading into what I've already seen, mm-hmm. and then. Um, yeah, you got things like Avengers Infinity War. Yes. Comes out on May 4th. Of course, I'm going to wear my Star Wars shirt that day, but I'll still go see Avengers. That's only appropriate. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, you have some really cool. I don't know if you've seen the Ocean's Eight trailer yet. Oh my gosh, how can I forget? That looks phenomenal yeah. as well. Oh man, and that's this year. I I know I'm getting in kind of summer and fall. It's not right here on top of mind, but that was one I was like, I that's on my list to see. Um, man, and then you got some others like you got some DC ones, some other Marvel movies coming out at the end of the year. Uh, and then you got another Mission Impossible coming out. Uh, I would say Incredibles 2 is another one that's coming out. That's a big one yeah, on my list. that's one. Yep, for um, sure. Going the Disney route, of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> the Jurassic World is is also, sorry, coming out. Um, people know my thoughts on Jurassic World. Uh, <laughs> a Wrinkle in Time is another one on my list. But Ooh, yes. The one that I'm surprised that I'm excited about, and I don't know why I'm excited about, <laughs> um, you know, hang on to your seats, is the Mamma Mia movie. <laughs> The oh, Mamma Mia word. sequel. Have you seen the trailer for it, Ross? I know. It I'm looks not. so good. Okay. <laughs> it looks incredible. You uh, can have your opinions. I have my opinions. <laughs> uh, I, I'm excited for it. Another one would be, uh, um, you know, not to end on a low note. Another one is, uh, uh, I keep skipping around, uh, is the Fantastic Beast movie. And I like the first one. Ah, I think, I think I'm looking forward to the second one. So, yeah. There you go. There you have it. On that note, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap things up. There are a few great ways that you can share your appreciation for the Creative Church Podcast. First, subscribe and add us to your favorite podcatcher. Also, we release all of our episodes on our website at creativechurch.com. Also, review this podcast and show us some rating star love on iTunes so we can get more exposure and the more people that find us can hear Nicholas's ridiculous theories about what movies he wants to see. <laughs> uh, that's a jab at Mamma Mia. Oh, <laughs> I am so disappointed in you, Ross. <laughs> Lastly, consider sharing this episode on social media. You can find us by searching our handle, Creative Church. That's one word, CRTV Church. Special thanks to Emily for joining us today. You can check out all that she's doing by heading over to our podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. Also, thanks to Sokka for sponsoring today's show. Do us a big favor and go check them out and go sign up for that 14-day free trial. Do it. Do it now. Um, in the meantime, I'm Nick Goodner. I'm Ross Montgomery. And we will see you next episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Creative Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. Also, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Creative Church. Mama Mia, here I go again. Oh, jeez. I, 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 could I resist ya?